All right, everybody. Um, welcome back to a new episode. Um, I hope everybody had a great Passover. Everybody had a great Easter. Um, you know, for those people that do celebrate Easter, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, questioning on the paganistic approach of Easter, and then there's a lot of approaches on the Christian version of Easter. Um, so I'm going to explain a little bit about Jesus himself, or Yeshua, Yeshua, um, however you uh, pronounce it, but um, I'm going to explain a little bit about him, and um, basically, you know, his, um, his being, and what Jesus is, and you know, whether or not um, he is God or God's son, um, there's a very big part of what Yeshua has done for humanity. And regardless, um, regardless of what people think and stuff, there is a lot of um, parallels in the pagan religion to Jesus, and I'm going to try to explain it the best I can, even though this sounds more of like a conspiracy, so you don't have to take it in full consideration. It's a theory. Um, I've had people ask me, you know, recently, what denomination am I? Am I a Baptist? Am I a Catholic? And, you know, and I've been on here many times, and I've told everybody, um, I was raised a Catholic. I was baptized as a baby as a Catholic. Um, I went through all the, you know, the Catholic churches growing up. But I became a born-again Christian when I was really young. Um, my mom would always tell the story of it, and you can read about it on... Um, the about me on the website, which is um, the WordPress minister martyr. It'll all be in the show notes. But um, basically, we're going to go back all the way to the book of Genesis. And I, I've told this theory before, and it's a very interesting theory. Um, so, in the very beginning, when God created the heaven and the earth, there was exactly three personalities of God that we saw, um, or three formations uh, or manifestations. We saw in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, which is him just being there. So his spiritual self. Um, you know, it could be God just existing, you know, um, nobody knows where God came from because he either always existed or there could be some reason why he existed, but that's more than we can process as people. There's things in our, you know, mentality and everything that we will never understand. And... As me, I'm an apologist. Um, I'm not an apologist. Isn't a denomination in Christianity. It's more of a discipline. It's when we look for 
evidence to prove Christianity is real. And this is probably going to be one of the most far off um, things that I have ever posted about. So, in the very beginning, when God created the heaven and the earth, we see him, God, existing. Then we see the spirit of God on the, uh, upon the face of the waters. So you see God in the, the form of the Father, I would say, being existing, always there, you know. And then you see the spirit of God. So God's saying, you know what, I want to explore this world that I have created. So he goes down in the spirit and flies around and, you know, takes a look. Then when he starts creating everything and he's standing in the Garden of Eden, you hear him asking, Adam, Eve, where are you? Cain, what did you do? You know, and then there's the parts where he walked with Enoch. You know, um, there's a lot of, you know, explanations on that. And a lot of people look at paganism um, as an older religion than Christianity, which it is, you know, I'm not going to dispute that. And a lot of people look at paganism as older than, um, Judaism. Um, so when it comes down to that, that really comes down to evidence. So what evidence do we have? Well, we have the Torah, we have the Bible, we have, you know, those things. But the, the Torah didn't come into place until the Exodus. You know, that is when Moses led the people out of Egypt. And, you know, he, you know, worked with God. So where does Jesus fit into all this? Well, if we go back... You know, and where does paganism fit in this? If we go back into Genesis 6, where it says, And it came to pass where men began to multiply upon the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, and that they were fair, and they took them wives of all of which they choose. Now, the sons of God in this verse are basically angels. At least that is what most Christian doctrines state, is that they were angels. But a lot of, I also hear a lot of Christian doctrines state angels cannot reproduce. Angels cannot disobey God. Angels cannot do this or that. But there's so much evidence that the church will say something like that. And there's so much evidence against it in the Bible. And this is where I'm trying to explain to you guys, is that you guys need to read yourself to learn the truth. Because there's people that are in churches that are taught things. And when they're taught it, it comes to their mind naturally. And if it comes to their mind naturally by being taught, then they're not looking in the book, they're deciphering the book in a way the a church or a person that studies the Bible is interpreting it when it, it's not always so cut and dry. It's pretty, you know, it's right there. You read it yourselves. At this point, you know, in Genesis 4, there were giants in the earth in those days after 
that the sons of God came unto the daughters of men and bare them children, which they became mighty men of, um, of which were of old and men of renown. And one of the most men of renown um, is Tammuz. And Tammuz is um, basically an Akkadian, um, Akkadian, Akkadian, whatever. Um, sorry, I'm pronouncing things wrong. But or an early, he was an early Samaritan like deity. He was the son of Nimrod, which we know Nimrod. Um, at least that's what it's believed that he was the son of Nimrod. Um, which was one of the great hunters. Now, in the Samaritan culture and stuff, when they talk about Tammuz, he wears a cross, you know? And um, you see crosses all throughout history before Jesus was even around. The cross was actually a pagan um, thing. If you actually look into it, if the true cross is what, Jesus was crucified on, which was made by the Romans, the Romans were pagan. So, you know, the, the Romans, they had the, um, the gods of Neptune and, you know, the, the, the planet gods, basically. And, um, they also, um, I think they also had Greek gods too. Some of them believed in the Greek gods, but Tammuz was from the Mesopotamian religion, a god of fertility embodying powers of new life in nature and spring. If you reflect that back to, um, if you reflect that back to Jesus, Jesus was is basically new life and rebirth. When you see him, you're being reborn in God. You know, you go to Jesus and you're reborn. You know, so a lot of people confuse Tammuz and Jesus and saying Jesus is just the story of Tammuz and it's replayed. Now, this is where it gets complicated, because now we're having people, you know, looking at Jesus as a heretic or looking at him as somebody that took over Tammuz's story. And this is not true because and this is where it's going to get interesting. Tammuz um, was basically, in the Samaritan culture, he was born in December and he died in spring. Um, and I believe he was reborn. And that was his cycle. Um, but... Again, Tammuz is also very different because Tammuz, as far as we know, wasn't a sinless person um, or a sinless deity. Um, you know, uh, on top of that, I believe, um, I believe Tammuz, he was also married at one point, but he was also a shepherd a shepherd of healthy lambs um, and there's milk and other animals that he cultivated, but he was a legit shepherd. Like he was a per like a person that shepherded animals where Jesus, he shepherded people. It was a symbol, a symbolistic approach. He was the, sh uh, the shepherd of men, the fisher of men. Um, 
and he basically there there's so much more symbolism in Jesus than there is in Tammuz but you have to understand the difference between Tammuz and Jesus if you look through the Bible everything in the Bible from the Torah to the books of the prophets to the New Testament all goes in sync with each other to prophesize Jesus. Tammuz was apparently before Jesus was even around, like before he was even walking on, you know, earth and everything. Um, now, for the the people that you know, I'm, and I'm not saying I don't believe, but there's two t there's two types of Christians. There's a monotheistic Christian that believes Jesus was just the Son of God. And he was um, an important person, uh, of which we're supposed to symbolize our life of. He was basically saying, here's my son, live like him, because he is the perfect person. And then there's the people that believe that Jesus is God, where Jesus came down to, you know, as God to be the perfect person, to say, hey, I am God, but I'm not going to tell you I'm God. You know, there is a few lines where he says, I and the father are one, you know, and when he says stuff like that, people will interpret it different ways. Um, monotheistic people believe he is one in God in the sense that he has the same ideal traits. Him and God are present, like the Holy Spirit is present in Jesus. And then there's also the... Um, aspect of um the trinity people that believe that jesus is god and when he's saying i and the father are one he actually means that me and god are the same person it's just i'm his son i was born in the natural world to give you guys a you know an example of how to live so as we continue with this and we go to Genesis 6, we see the angels that fell down from heaven. And this coincides with um, the, the book of Enoch, which is only, as far as I know, it's only considered canon in the Ethiopian Orthodox Bible, which basically talks to us about how the angels of God... Um, you know, sought the daughters of men, that um, a angel called called Azazel, which, strangely enough, in the Muslim religion, uh, Islam, Azazel is looked at as uh, another name for Satan or Shaitan. Um, and that's in the Quran, but that's irrelevant. Um... The whole point of what I'm getting at is we're going to look at the symbolism of this because in the book of parables, in the book of Enoch, um, Enoch talks about the Son of Man. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually pull up the verse that Enoch says. In Enoch 46, um, he states, 
This is the Son of Man who has righteousness, with whom dwells righteousness, and who reveals all the treasures of that which are hidden, because the Lord of the Spirits has chosen him. Um, and whose lot has the preeminence before the Lord of Spirits and the uprighteousness forever? This Son of Man, whom you have seen, shall rise up the kings of the mighty from their seats, and the strong from their thrones, and shall loosen the reins of the strong, and break the teeth of the sinners. At that same point, um, they go into Enoch 48, um, verse 2 through 10, and at that hour that Son of Man was named in the presence of the Lord of Spirits, and his name before the One whom belongs the time before time. Yes, before the sun and the signs were created, before the stars of the heaven were made, his name was named before the Lord of, Lord of the Spirits. He shall be the staff of righteousness whereon to stay themselves and not fall. He shall be the light of the Gentiles and the hope of those who are troubled of heart. And who dwell on earth shall fall down and worship before him, and will praise and bless and celebrate with the song of the Lord of Spirits. For the for this reason has he been chosen and hidden before him, before creation of the world and forevermore. The wisdom of the Lord of Spirits has revealed him to the holy and the righteousness, for he has preserved the lot of the righteous." because he have hated and despised this world of unrighteousness and have hated all its works and ways in the name of the Lord of Spirits. For in his name there are sa they are saved and according to good pleasure and has been in regard of life. That is um, the book of Enoch, which again is a very um, powerful book that is not in the canon of the traditional Bibles, the Protestant Bible or the Catholic Bibles. Um, again, only the Ethiopian Orthodox looks at that book as a canon, you know, as canonical to, the, to their uh, Bible, as well as they also have um, a big verse of um, other books like the Apocrypha and stuff that I think that were removed um, in the 16th century um, from the King James Version, um, and they were also removed, I believe, by either the Council of Trent or Council of Nicaea. But that comes a little bit later. Um, the Book of Daniel um, was dated around... Um, from what I'm understanding from modern scholarship, around 167 to 163 um, BC, so before Christ, where the book of Enoch was um, found, I believe, amongst the Dead Sea Scrolls, which was part of the reason why the Protestant Bible didn't want to incorporate it, but it was dated around 200 to 150 BC, and that was since the Book of the Watchers. Um, 
but they do um, expect that it is probable that the work um, was already in the third century BC. So Enoch um, was never accepted into the Christian church. Um, well, it was first accepted in the Christian church, but later was excluded um, from the biblical canon. Um, you know, its survival was, I guess, looked at as heretical Christian groups. Um, but it does, when you read the book of Enoch, you do see a, a semblance of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit being the, the Lord of Spirits, being the Father, the Son being the Son of Man, and the Holy Spirits being named as the Head of Days. In Isaiah comes the Emmanuel prophecy, and um, the Emmanuel prophecy um, starts off in Isaiah 7:14. Therefore, the Lord Himself shall give you a sign: Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, Emmanuel is the Hebrew name for um, God is with us. Now, Jesus, the actual def uh, definition of Jesus um, is supposed to be like Savior. But if we go into his actual name, Yeshua, or Yeshua, Yah being God, as we uh, know, his name before the the translations um, in Latin, Latin, Greek, and um, uh, Hebrew uh, never had the letter J in it. So his name was never Jesus. Um, the Latin version of it was Isus, I-E-S-U-S. -S, and it was the same way in English up until about um, the... 15th century when they changed it and they put the J in the alphabet. So he went from Isis to Jesus. Um, but Yahshua or Yeshua, um, the Messiah, is Yah for Hebrew for being God and then Shua for being saves. God saves. And that's what God did. When we look into Tammuz and we reflect Tammuz with um, Jesus, the very big difference between him and Tammuz is that Jesus was crucified to save humanity. He was there to absolve us of our sins, being the ultimate sacrificial lamb, being the greatest sacrifice of humankind. Um, if we look at God the Father... By nature, you know, he might not have a body himself, but he is explained to be walking in the Garden of Eden. Um, God has so many different powers that he could probably do whatever he wanted. I mean, you're talking about a guy that created the entire universe, let alone possibly multiple universes if science is correct. 
God has feelings like humans. God created us in his image. And if we look at it, God repented during um, Genesis before he flooded the earth. Um, you know, God has no reference of time. Basically, he can see things before they happen and, you know, prophesize things before they happen. Um, you know, Genesis 3.8 says... Um, God walked into the garden in the cool of the day, so he can feel things, too. He has senses. Um, people can hide, you know, when he was walking in the Garden of Eden. But at the same point, there's points when you can hide from God and other points where you can't. Um, and I believe the part of where you're hiding from God is in the aspect of when God was in the Garden of Eden, saying, you know, where are you guys? Now, that can be both um, literal or metaphorical. He could say, where are you guys? How come you guys are acting weird? I know where you are. It's not like you guys can hide from me. Or you could be saying, I really don't know where you guys are at. Come on. Aside from that, the book of Daniel... Um, also states that I saw in the night of visions and behold one like the son of man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the ancient of days and they brought him before uh, brought him near before him and he was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people nations and language shall serve him his dominion is everla an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and the kingdom that shall not be destroyed um, a lot of people look at the book of Daniel to be a prophet, uh, a prophetic um, uh, analyzation of the future events that are coming in the book of Revelation. And in the book of Revelation, we also see the Son of Man that comes down with white hair and fire in his eyes. And he says, behold, I am the Alpha and the, the Omega, you know, um, so at this point, you know, Tammuz and Easter go together as in that was the symbolistic of his rebirth. That's also the birth of spring, the spring solstice, all that fun junk. But when Christians celebrate it, it's not because of Tammuz. We're celebrating it for what Jesus did. At the same time, I think that all Christians, this is my personal opinion, you guys don't have to follow it. I think we should be doing Passover together. I think we should be doing um, the Sabbath together. I think we should be honoring everything that Jesus did in the Bible. So Hanukkah, he celebrated Hanukkah in the Bible. He celebrated Passover. All the stuff that the Jewish people did in tradition is what Jesus did in tradition. And to be a Christian is to walk in basically what Jesus did what Jesus did so that's why I feel personally that celebrating the you know the the Jewish holidays you know is something that we should do as Christians um, so give me one second you might hear a brief pause I'm going to continue this
Um, we're just running short on the time limit that I have here. So yeah, um, sorry for that delay. Um, but I believe that we should be honoring the Jewish traditions that Jesus honored because that is part of Jesus's being. Um, as people as we are, I, I think we have all fallen from God, both, you know, metaphorically, spiritually, literally, every single manner that we could fall from God, we all have. And we are so much further fallen from God from today than we were 10 years ago. And versus 10 years ago, another 10 years ago, so 20 years, and then 30 years, and 40 years. If we just keep going back, we have fallen from God more at this point in time than any other time in history. And the biggest aspect of it is there's people that are going to hold on to their faith. And the people that hold on to their faith are going to be blessed, but they're going to be persecuted. They're going to be, you know, looked at as an enemy. And we need to band together. We need to be there for each other. Um, it's not too, too often that, you know, I, I bring, you know, the sense of unity to a lot of my, um, a lot of my sermons and a lot of my teachings um, for this. But people are already so convinced that everything in the paganistic approach of things is the true way. That paganism paved the way for Christianity. That paved the way for the Bible. Because all the old stories are stories of the Mesopotamians or the Egyptians. The Egyptians had crosses. The Mesopotamians had crosses. Therefore... Christianity decided to have a cross. I'm going to tell you right now that I've seen people in Israel saying that, they, that Jesus was a failed rabbi that worshipped the cross. Jesus never worshipped the cross. He was crucified on a cross. There's a big difference. Um, another big difference is that there's a lot of people that will look at Jesus as being a, you know... A person that followed, you know, you know, more pagan traditions and created all this kind of stuff. And that's not true either. Jesus was Jewish through and through. You know, he followed the Jewish traditions. And this is where it came down where he said, I am not here to destroy the law. I'm here to fulfill it. You know, and a lot of people say that he went after the lost sheep. You know, he wasn't coming after everybody else. And this is a common trait in um, in Islam. That Islam will look at people, at Christians, saying, you know, you guys are doing everything wrong. And in a sense, they're right, because, you know, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. But um, at the same point, whether he was born on December 25th or not, um, we're celebrating it for him. Now, Constantine, when he enacted that, that global defense for Christianity, he put 
Christmas on December 25th because he was apparently a Christian convert. Like, he converted to Christianity. But he still, when he was doing that, and he worked with the churches and stuff, he created these days that were overlapping with pagan days. So does that mean that we're doing everything correctly? I'm going to put it in this context for you because it's the best way to put it for you guys. Go with what your heart says. Don't have to listen to me. You don't have to listen to anybody else. Listen to your heart. If you are worshiping God for who he is, for what he's done and everything, then you guys are going to be okay. God knows your heart. But if you guys are worshiping or following these traditions for Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny, he's going to know. And that's not your heart. That's not what you want to be doing. So, I reflect this to you. Basically, what I have been trying to summarize through this whole concept isn't the fact that Tammuz is Jesus. They're completely different people. While Tammuz was an entity that had a lot of similarities to Jesus... He wasn't here to provide salvation for people. He was a person of nature. He was a person that was human. Or maybe a demigod. But either way, he was not a actual uh, figure that was there. And even if Tammuz... And Jesus had a similarity. You know, there's also the fact that you guys have to grasp that before all of this happened, my personal belief is when the angels fell from heaven, which is in Genesis. Now, people look at me crazy when I, when I say explain this to them. I believe that the fallen angels are the ones that created all the pagan religions, all the pagan faiths, all these other um, polytheistic gods. And what I mean by that is, you look at Egyptians, you look at Mesopotamians, you look at all these other gods that are in, um, you know, you have like, Thor and um, Odin from the Norse mythologies. You have Zeus and Ares and Athena from Greek. You have all these polytheistic um, multiple gods that when you look at them, they weren't good. You know, they had a bunch of sins along them. They weren't like righteous and all powerful like beings that were, you know, said there. E even... Um, even Tammuz, there's there's two theory, there's two things that I read about him. I read that he was the son of Nimrod, and I also read that he was the son of Enki. And Enki was one of the major deities of the Mesopotamian faith. But he was one of the majors. There was multiple. There was four of them. Four or more. But they also, I also read that there was another deity 
<clears throat> that was above those four. Enki, Enlil, so on and so on. There is one that was above them called El. E-L. Now what's another name for God? Elohim, which is one of his titles. So you can take that as you will. But from what I look and what I grasp, from all these different faiths that I have studied, from all these different religions, is that El, or Elohim, was the ultimate God. He was the one that was always there, just like our God, Yehovah, or Yahweh, whichever one you want to say. But Yehovah, I believe, is the, the proper way, is what the Jewish people used to speak his name. Um, as they had the tetragrammaton that would create w, uh, YHWH or YHVH, Yehovah or Yahweh. Um, our Father, that God, is the one who paved the way for everything. And all the fallen angels created all these different beings, you know, that basically took over as other deities and demigods and created this. You look at Hercules, which was from a main god that create that was born, um, you know, after Zeus raped a girl. And if you look at the angels, well, you have the angels that basically took wives of their own accord. And when they had children, they became giants. You know, some of them were extremely powerful. You know, so we, a lot of people look at these giants or Nephilim. Um, one of them was uh, a lot of people referred to as Goliath. Um, the David and Goliath thing, that he was a gigantic Nephilim or Nephilim. Uh, if you travel in the book of Numbers, uh, and I think it's in De Deuteronomy as well, but they also talk about the tribe of Anak and what was the, the deities and the, the gods and the ancient Sumerian faiths and the ancient you know Mesopotamian gods. They were called the Anunnaki. And a lot of people look at the Anunnaki as a big conspiracy theory of what people are like of what the shadow government is and stuff and i'm not going to go into conspiracy theories with people because i'm talking about god but when we look at all these different things that we see what we do know is the ancient sumerians the ancient uh the assyrians any of the mesopotamian faiths even the egyptians uh, the Mayans, all these different people that worshipped, you know, all these other deities that went to attack Israel. Even though Mayans didn't attack Israel because they're on the other side of the world. But, you know, all these other deities, the Assyrians, the Sumerians, the, um, you know, the Egyptians, um, all these people that attacked them eventually all failed and all their civilizations crumbled including Rome when they were in you know taken over the world even Rome fell you know and then Rome established a church you know which became the Vatican which everybody believes that the Catholics um, you know have the right thing now I believe Catholics do 
um, are saved in some way. Um, but I don't believe that Catholic being Catholic, being a, a, a you know a Catholic Catholic is the right way to be. You're not supposed to take orders from a pope. You're not supposed to pray in repetition. You're not supposed to use idols such as prayer beads um, or pray to other people like, um, you know, Mary or any of the saints. And even if you're saying that you're asking for the saints to pray for you when you're, you know, Praying for the saint to, you know, it states in the Bible that Jesus is the mediator for God. You pray to Jesus, and Jesus will relay it to you. Because Jesus is higher than all the other saints. He's the son of God. So, as I continue, I'm going to end it pretty much here. But to summarize it all in a very simple way is my personal belief is that these deities or these gods that have came into place are all fallen from Genesis 6 that created an entire religion, all these multiple religions of pagan, uh, paganistic of deities that people would worship because... They saw them as these super powerful beings, in which case God did send Enoch to mediate with. Um, you can see Enoch in the book of Jude. You see Jesus going from um, the prophecy of Isaiah and the Emmanuel prophecy. You see the Son of Man in the book of Daniel. You see him in the book of Enoch. And then again, you see them all throughout the entire New Testament. So what more do you need to prove that, you know, the Bible is um, true or false? You know, is that you already have all this evidence. You can look at the pagan religions and stuff and be like, oh, that's where that came from. Well, if the pagan religions were the fallen angels. They already knew about the Son of Man. They already knew about him. You know, if they called him Tammuz or something like that, you know, to everybody to explain what he is, to try to throw everybody off, to side with Satan, that is their prerogative. Um, again, it's a crazy, crazy theory. But I'm going to tell you right now that for all the different pagan traditions that people look at to try to disprove Christianity, you can find a million explanations of why it isn't, you know, um, a bad thing to do. For me, I thank Jesus every day for the sacrifices he's done for coming to an earth full of sin, showing us nothing but love and compassion and caring. And at the very, very end of the day, from the very time 
that God created everything and God supported all of us, that we as people need to acknowledge not just Jesus as the Son of God, not Jesus as, um, you know, what other people seem to proclaim them, you know? You can be a Catholic, you can be a Christian, you can be born again, you can be Baptist, you can be Episcopalian, you can be a Pentecostal person. I don't care. As long as you believe in the truth, and by the truth I mean actually reading the Bible yourself, not taking what all these other people say. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to argue and disagree. There's people that are pre-tribulation and post-tribulation. People that believe that tribulation won't even happen. At the end of the day, whether the tribulation is going to be pre-tribulation or post-tribulation doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that I enact God's will to the best of my abilities. And I am not perfect. I sin every day. I pray that I can be worthy enough at one point that when I go to see God, that I will be granted, you know, some acceptance into heaven. I don't care if it's in the slums of heaven, which I doubt there is any slums in heaven, but I want God to know that everything that I do for him is for him. It's not to be taken for fame. It's not to be taken for anything other than his glory and that's what the, this is, whole stream is about this whole podcast my website everything that i'm putting this time into is all for you guys to be closer to god and if there's any questions any concerns any prayer requests you guys need you can email me at ministermartyr at gmail.com um you can visit my website for you know blog posts or whatever and then lastly, if you guys um, want to follow me on Twitter, my Twitter is at Minister Martyr. It's the same icon that I have on my website that I have on my podcast. And again, you know, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Whether or not you believe this um, theory or not, it's up to you. I don't care either way. Might be a crazy theory, um, but at the end of the day, I pray for all of you to find your way to God the best way you can. I pray that you guys are happy, healthy, and I pray that all of you, that when the hardships come, and I feel they're going to be coming soon, that you hold fast to your beliefs and your faith and you do not let the persecutions and the tribulations or whatever is to come upon us, whatever happens, take that away from you. I'd much rather see you die a martyr than see you conform to the ways of the world. And that's why... I have my name the way it is, because if they ever outlawed anything, I will continue doing this, even if they come and 
have to assassinate me on a podcast or kill me. I don't think it'll ever go that far. I, I'm 100% sure that I will never go that far. But if it ever did, I'd much rather die a martyr than to conform to what the world is today. So God bless you all. Have a great rest of your week, weekend. Um, on uh, the 8th, it's the, by the time you guys listen to this, it's already going to be the Holocaust Memorial Day. Um, it's going to be past it, so. Um, and for your, the Torah, for the uh, readings, um, Leviticus 9, verse 1 through 11, uh, 47. Um, 2 Samuel uh, 6, verse 1 through 7, 17, and then Acts 10, 9 through 22, and then 34 to 35. I'll put those in the show notes as well. God bless you. Have a great day.